This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Puramore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Puramore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. Hey, everybody, we're back on the Prayer Culture Podcast. So we are going to be diving in today and talking a bit more in depth about Luke 18. This is a subject we've approached, but we really just want to talk about uh, persistence and expectancy in intercession today. And so I'm here with Patrick again. Hello. And uh, we're going to just start by reading Luke 18, starting in verse 1. It says, And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Yeah, so, I mean, I I feel like Jesus is saying intercession is more than a five-minute deal. So, (laughs) what do you think, Patrick? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just right off the top, the thing that I love so much about this scripture is that you don't have to try to understand why it's included or what we're supposed to learn from this. Luke tells you right in the beginning, this is why he told this parable. So we we don't have to try to make any inferences, you know, or try to, there's no stabbing in the dark here. It's just... Uh, he told them so that they would always pray and not lose heart. And so the the word, you know, persistence, uh, you know, generally is a positive term, I guess, you know, but I mean, you could persist in doing something wrong. But here Jesus is talking about persisting in prayer, and this is a mysterious issue. It just, I mean, I feel like out of the gate we have to say that. This is mysterious. Probably one of the most mysterious in Scripture is this. Yeah, I'm prayer in general is. Yeah. yeah, but then persisting in prayer especially just feels like, I don't know, it's hard to find yourself as a human being in these things, like where there's God and then there's us, and we have the ear of God. Those who are in Christ have the ear of God. He, he wants to hear us. He's listening closely. He's commanding us even to pray, to talk to him, to make requests of him. And then to have this right here where Jesus is saying, keep praying, don't lose heart, keep on praying. 
implies that there are things like the widow where you have a need, a genuine need or a desire in your heart, and you're asking God for something and he's not doing it. He's not doing it. He's not doing it. And Jesus is saying, keep asking him, keep asking him, keep asking him. That's so mysterious. Like, we just imagine God as like, well, you know, he's eternal, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he can do whatever he wants, he cares what I want, he knows my needs, why would I have to ask him more than once? Well, he already knows what I need before I ask him. I mean, that's the scriptures say that. So then why does God have this relationship to us in prayer where we have to keep asking for something? And I'm sure we'll get into some of that, you know, what is God doing by delaying, you know, or by not immediately answering or giving us what we're asking for. But it is just right off the top, it is mysterious. But it's so encouraging because here's Jesus, God's real son in the earth, suffering, being misunderstood, being hungry, being tired, all the things, every temptation common to man he faced. Uh, He never sinned, but he faced it. And so he knew what it was to need, and he was a prayerful person in his time in the world. He was, he was de- devoted to his relationship with the Father, and he's, I think, saying out of his own, at his own prayer life, don't give up, don't lose heart, keep on praying. And, you know, I, I can't prove what Jesus may or may not have been persisting in prayer about, mm-hmm. but I can imagine that there may have been things that he's saying, Father, please, Father, please. Well, he did say, Father, if it be possible, take this cup from me. Yeah. Something that's like, I know my mission, and he still asked for something. Yeah. Like, even though he knew his mission and his purpose and, mm-hmm. and all that, it's like, man, if it's possible, Father, take this cup from me. Mm. This that's like a persistent request. Maybe he asked it several times when he went on the mountain. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. We, yeah, we don't know, but maybe. But like that's a prayer where it's like, it's like he knows that he has to do this thing, but he still asks about it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, still brings it to the Father. And I just, so I will say, I just thought of this. Just now, this is fresh. This is totally Hot fresh. Take. Hot take. <laughs> what if one of the reasons God wants us to persist in prayer is because if we don't persist in prayer, my mode is I pray for something once and then I forget about it or mm. I'm like, oh, whatever, it's not going to happen. Okay, moving on to the next thing. Mm. What if the example of Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 when he persists in prayer about his thorn in the flesh mm. The reason he received an answer from Jesus was because he persisted. Mm-hmm. And not like, the answer he wanted. It wasn't the, the answer he wanted. Yeah. God said no. And here's the reason. Mm. So the thing is, it's that communication, that fellowship of, hey, I'm going to keep asking and I may not even get any answer from God right now, but God loves me. And I think he's going to, if I press in with him about this issue, I think he's going to give me an answer that I can understand, whether mm. it's yes or no. Okay, yeah. And I'm going to experience him in a new, fresh way, like Paul did. My grace is sufficient for you. He learned a new thing about how powerful Christ is in his life through this thing. Right. Um, probably because he did persist in prayer. Yeah, right. Yeah, so the, what he was receiving from Christ was connected to his persistence. And that really, that I was just actually just having a conversation with someone this morning um, 
about about kind of around this issue, you know, and it's like when God says yes, when God says no, when God seems to delay from our point of view. I mean, Jesus says he won't delay long over the ones he loves, you know. Uh, but what is long according to God? <laughs> I mean, uh, all of my life, that's just a blink of an eye for him, you know, I don't know. But, but God is always doing good things. He's always giving good gifts to his children. We know that. So he's never withholding any good thing from us. So if what I'm asking for, it might even be good, but is it good right now? And is it better than what he could produce in me by making me wait, by making me persist? It could be that there's a better kind of fruit, a better treasure that I would receive through persisting in prayer, through continuing in faith, and, and trusting him in a mysterious time or in a, in a time of suffering. It could be that he's just producing something richer in me than saying yes to me right now. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think, I mean, I think that's, that happens often in scripture. Sure. Well, and you see this as, you know, the, the really good example that you can see in life in general here is when you have wealthy parents and you have the children and the parents give the kids everything they want mm. without making them wait or work for something. Yeah. That never ends well. The kids end up being um, undisciplined and, you know. Um, entitled. Entitled. Kind of and I think we're in America we're all tempted to do this because we mostly have enough. It's easy for us to mm -hmm. just give our kids whatever they want. Mm -hmm. But something God convicted me of even recently was just like, if your kids never go through any trials, and, and you, you don't want them to suffer because right. you're their parent. Right. But if they never go through any trials, they will never, ever grow. Mm. Never. And God knows that. Yeah, where's their faith? If they never needed it, uh, then how does it grow? How does it become stronger? That's really good. And so I know, you know, what I hear in the back of my mind is like someone who may be hearing this and maybe they've been grappling with this. And what they may hear is, so you're saying God toys with us. He plays games with us. He could do it anytime we want, but he's not going to. Like, is, is God manipulative? You know, is he gaslighting? That kind of thing. And obviously that feeling is common. There's a common feeling among people who are suffering, they're waiting, that they believe God is there and that he has the power to do whatever we're asking him to do, but the struggle is believing in his genuine goodness that the evidence of his goodness is not whether he says yes or no to me, that, that he just is good, and we believe that by faith. If you set his goodness along with his power, along with his authority, if you set his goodness as the foundation of your thinking and your prayer, I know that I'm coming to an all-powerful God who is good and who loves me. I'm not just coming to an all-powerful God. Yeah. And, and then his, his character or his nature as good and loving and righteous is up for grabs. That depends on whether or not he says yes or no to me. Then you end up in the space where you're like, is God messing with me? Is he withholding good from me to try to teach me some lesson, you know, that is not valuable to you, only to him? 
And that's obviously dangerous territory because we're questioning the character of God. So we don't want to go to that space where we're questioning the character of God. But it is a good practice for us to to try to discern and understand, well, what is it that matters to God? Well, and what you were saying, just to back it up a little bit, there are some false prophets out there who equate God to like a cosmic genie and stuff like that. That would be terrible. Yeah. Because if you read the stories (laughs) about genies and stuff, it's like your wishes end up terribly, you know, all this stuff. And you know why the reason is? The reason is we aren't good Mm -hmm. in and of ourselves. We don't know what's best. We don't have the big picture. We don't have all the knowledge. We're not omniscient. So your approach to God has to be, hey, it's not about my terms or what I think is best is going to happen here or what I want, you know, even if it seems so right to me. Yeah. Like this person who loves God so much has cancer and they're dying. Mm. That seems so right to me that that person would be healed. Right. They seem worthy of being healed. Yeah. But my approach to God cannot be, God, you have to do this thing because if you don't, you're not good. Mm -hmm. Well, that's putting your faith in the receiving instead of God. Yeah, yeah. And that, putting your faith in the answer and the result. Yeah, yeah. So, I I think that uh, that's so important to be like, hey, God knows what's best for this person in that situation. This person has cancer and they've been faithful. God knows what's best for them, mm-hmm. and He cares deeply for them, mm-hmm. and He hurts with their pain. Yeah, like a parent does right. when their child is suffering. But if the child doesn't suffer ever or doesn't go through some of these things or isn't in this situation, they're not going to grow. Like that's an opportunity and God knows when it's best for the healing not to happen. Mm -hmm. And he also knows when it's best for it to happen. And it's so awesome when it does. So that's where it's like, hey, it's got to be trust in in the giver of the gift and not... right. Not the gift. Yeah. Well, and Jesus, he addresses that in the parable when he says, you know, hear what the unread, this is verse six, hear what the unrighteous judge says. Listen to the judge. The judge is going, oh, this lady's wearing me out. You know, I'm just, just for the sake of not having to hear her voice again, I am going to give her justice. I will give her justice so she won't beat me down by her continual coming. And then he says, verse 7, And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? So he's, he's setting up the unrighteous judge and God as not like one another. The only thing they have in common is that they have the, the ability to decide. But in every other way, they're very different. The unrighteous judge is thinking selfishly. I'm tired of this person. She's beating me down. She's wearing me out. And for my own sake... I'm going to do what she's saying. And Jesus is saying, God is so much better than that. He answers according to justice. Will he not give justice to them speedily? So uh, uh, to me, that, that answers it, is Jesus is saying what God is concerned with is what's right and what's good, what's just, what will not just express his power, but express his goodness in the best possible way. And that's not always the way that we thought. It's, it's very often, to, it surprises us, catches us off guard. 
And there are many times in life, you know, where we can look back in hindsight and go, wow, you know, five years ago, I asked God for this. He wouldn't do it. Now I'm so glad that he didn't do what I asked. But very often, we never know. We, we don't know. Like, we're dead and buried, and we never knew until, I, you know, I've never spoken to anyone who's been to heaven and back, but I imagine we get to heaven and it all becomes clear. You know, we, we look him in the face and we know. We know why. And there's no more questioning, no more doubting. And that'll be the moment. Like, I, I don't think anybody is sitting in heaven going, God, you know, I still just feel like you missed it on that one, you know? That Nobody, was so lame. I, yeah. I wanted to stay on that earth, um, you know, where yeah, there's right. sickness and crying and death and yeah. instead of being with you. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. No, Nobody's still disappointed in heaven. Mm. Nobody is pining or yearning in heaven for those things that they were asking for on the earth, things God said no to. Nobody's nobody still regrets it or is still hurt or confused by it. So I guess the key to us, like Jesus is saying, he's trying to get us into that heavenly mindset here and now, where we trust so completely in the goodness and the justice of God, the judge, that we can persist in prayer and completely entrust it every single time, entrust it to this faithful judge that we have. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but that begs the question. So it seems like we're this could be a cop out mm. for the next part of the parable here. Okay. Cuz what it says, Jesus says this, hear what the unrighteous judge says. In verse 7, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Mm -hmm. Will he delay long over them? I tell you he will give justice to them speedily. Speedily. Okay. Yeah. He will give justice to them speedily. Okay, so let, let me talk about this for a minute. Okay, talk. So this is where we get into expectancy. Okay. Like God is going to do something. Now, there's a few elements here. So first, I think you have to understand there's a difference between God's desired will and his decreed will. So... There are things God clearly desires that are outlined in Scripture, mm. okay? He desires for them to happen. He desires for the lost to be saved, okay? That right. one is just so clear. And I'll just read it right now. It's in 2 Peter 3.9. So this is going to address speedily also. <laughs> the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness, mm. but is patient toward you. Mm-hmm not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So he's patient toward us, who often don't keep up our end of the bargain, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and is not slow as we count slowness, you know. But it is a desire that none should perish, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's a clear desired will of God that nobody should end up in the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. But people end up in the lake of fire. They do. They do. And that's part of God's design. When you read Revelation and you read um, the whole Bible, it's like, okay, people are going to the lake of fire and it's part of the story and the whole big picture and the design, right? Mm. And so that bigger picture is God's decreed will. It's like, as, hey, this is the story. And whether it's, you know, whether you believe that God has preordained everything or you believe that 
He's foreknew everything. Either way, the point is he's got the big picture, Mm -hmm. right? He sees the whole story. So his decreed will is those things that are going to happen. And so we can only pray with so much expectancy for the the desired will. And that should be the blanket because everything we pray should be in his desired will. Yeah. We should believe he wants it. We should believe he wants it. He wants my lost neighbor to get saved. Yeah. So I'm going to pray for my lost neighbor. Right. But do I know they're going to get saved? No. I don't within the desired will of God because the Bible doesn't say my neighbor Jerry Mm -hmm. is going to be saved Mm -hmm. in the year 2023. So that's where we get into this level of expectancy that is discerning his decreed will. Yeah. And it's hard. It takes a lot of faith and a lot of courage and a lot of, like, I'm not going to be perfect. It's supernatural. It requires the Spirit. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.